0: Welcome to the latest episode of EastEnders, the soap opera following the events at Ipswich Town. We thought it had peaked last week, but then, in a big plot twist, a major character was written out late on Sunday night. Bizarre timing. Only Ipswich Town could do something like that. I just, of course, is the Kings of Anglia podcast. I apologise, first of all, for this being late. This is very late on a Monday. There's actually not that many of us working today. Andy is pretty much on his own. Um, he's been working with the big pork and Mike Bacon all day. He's had one hell of a day, one hell of a haircut he's had too. Uh, I'm not technically around, so you've not seen me. All right. Uh, and Stu is also um, off and uh, solo parenting, didn't take kindly to the suggestion that he should sedate his daughter for an hour so we could do a pod, no commitment that lad, so you've just got me, Mark Heath and Hutchman, Andy Warren, Andy how are you? Yeah, I'm alright
1: mate, it's, um, I don't know what we're going to talk about, the Sh- Shrewsbury game's been rearranged for May the 4th, um, get that out of the way straight away, which is going to be big for Ipswich, they got that postponed at the right time, so that's going to be the main topic today I think.
0: Absolutely. That's number one with a bullet. Speaking of bullets, someone got a bullet Sunday night, Hutchie. It had been coming for a long time. Um, The timing was odd. Obviously, Paul Lambert getting the old uh, Spanish Spanish archer, the elbow, on Sunday. Um, Mutual consent FC slash sacked. Um, But it comes with possibly after a couple of his best wins. Um, So uh, your thoughts, first of all on Lambert going obviously, and then, you know, the timing, which is very Ipswich town uh, and very. style. New five
1: year contract on the back of 10 games without a win. Sacked after two, after two wins, which like you say are in the top five, both of those would probably be in the top five Paul Lambert results of uh, of his time in charge yeah very odd um, but also not odd at all i think anybody that's probably watched watched or listened or read a paul lambert interview over the last two weeks would have would have seen that it, it was a man who was heading to an exit door uh, there were moments where he went out swinging such as after i think the northampton game talking about the the structure of the entire club being wrong essentially calling out the owner went out laughing after other games where he just sort of laughed off seemed to not have a care in the world um but each of those interviews was kind of a, a man who the picture the picture of a man who who seemed like he wasn't long for his current employment and and so it's and so it's proved i think und- undoubtedly it's the right decision it was it was as right for it to happen after these two wins probably as it was To have happened after the run of of losses that there have been, Um, I think we could have. We all saw some time ago that Paul Lambert wasn't going to be the man to to lead Ipswich further forward. Um, But it obviously comes amid a backdrop of of a potential takeover and everything everything that that means for him. Mm. So it's it's a it's a funny old game. Football, (laughs) football, Um, bloody hell! Yeah, and. And here we are, sat here on a, on a Monday evening. Ipswich Town managerless, Matt Gill, caretaker. Paul Cook, we'll get onto him in a bit, I'm sure. Um, looking extremely likely to be the man taking over. And a lot can change. A lot can change at a football club in, in 24 hours. And, and it's happened again for, for Ipswich. What a crazy time.
0: Yeah, I mean, you alluded to there, obviously, we'll talk about Lambert, we'll talk about Paul Cook, we'll talk about the American Takeover. Not much going on at town, dull old time. Um, but keeping with the soap opera theme, Hutchie, Paul Lambert as a character had one hell of a character arc, didn't he? Coming in, um, embracing the fan base, getting people back on side. Um, what was the, the touchline to, to Terrace Bond that Stewie, uh, trademark Stuart Watson um, was so fond of writing? Uh, and, you know, town going down on this unprecedented tide of goodwill. Um, and then essentially it, it all going tits up. So when you look back on on Paul Lambert as itswich Town manager, I mean, look, looking at it in black and white, his record obviously was appalling. Uh, a 32.7% win rate from 113 games, only 104 goals in 96 league matches and just six wins out of 32 games against top 10 teams well, from your piece this morning, Hutchie. excellent read. If you've not already read it, go and read it now. How would you remember Paul Lambert as its town boss? It's I think it is that character arc that you've I think
1: I think the swing, the swing from sort of the PR Paul nickname that he that he earned. He was he was a master of that at the beginning. Um but just a reminder that that, that always wears off and then you're left to live and die by by your results on the pitch. And that's just where it didn't happen for Paul. Didn't Mm. happen in the Championship. Um, Has happened in two kind of spurts at the start of the two League One seasons and it hasn't happened for, it just hasn't happened for different reasons in both times as well. The first season you put it down to chopping and changing, Um, confusion, um, just desperately searching for something. Second season you put it down to maybe just sticking too heavily to to footballing principles not progressing that anywhere near quick enough because quite frankly after 18 months in league one you would think that that should be so much further down the road than it was and and then Mm. ultimately ultimately just just coming up short so that's how I'll remember him it's just that arc of of how you kind of you build yourself up and then you have to live and die by what you achieve and Mm. I think I think we all Could see once this season started to go the same way as last season. I think so many people, us all included, could see that this it wasn't going to end Mm. well for Mm. Paul Lambert whatsoever. And and like you've said there, the stats the stats aren't great; they're not good at all. So uh, yeah, that's how I
0: remember Paul Lambert. It started so well, didn't it? He, I mean, when he came in, he got it. He absolutely got it. He saw where the problem was. A big part of the problem was with the fans kind of turning away from the club, not feeling like the club was kind of meant that. You know, it was it was it was kind of um, related to them in, in that way anymore. With the Mick McCarthy um, doing his best to torch the relationship with the fans um, and everything that he did, you know, the PR, pool, that kind of stuff. That was all good stuff, but unfortunately, uh, ultimately, as you say, it, it all comes down to wins and losses. And sadly, you have to say, looking at his record over the past few years, he's just he's just not really a very good manager as it stands. I mean, there's no there's no way around it, is there? That that would be the the conclusion you have to draw from mm-hmm. it. Um, he's only really ever had success at Norwich um, and, you know, has been searching to kind of replicate that ever since, ever since. Um, clearly managed at some big clubs and played for some big clubs, um, but ultimately wasn't good enough at Ipswich uh, and and that's cost him in the end. All I, d- I will say is, you know, I hope there's, there's kind of, it doesn't get too personal with Paul in terms of the way fans talk about him because, you know, clearly he, he he's just a man trying to do a job. Um as we all are every day trying to do our job to the best of their ability. And unfortunately for him, it didn't work and he's paid the price. Um, mm. And he did, yep. he must, from the sound of it as well, Hutchie, reading between the lines, he knew on Saturday, didn't he? I mean, that that last line, the, um, I'm off for a beer sort of thing. I'm 51 and I've been in the game since I was 15 and I'm off for a beer. That was essentially as close as you're going to get to a mic drop moment, wasn't it, with him?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so. <clears throat> uh, we, we started to hear kind of Saturday evening what he said to the players in the dressing room after that. And it was, it was essentially, or before that it would have been essentially, I don't know if I'm going to be here for the next game, but if I'm not, you guys just make sure you do this for yourselves. And mm. and that was effectively a mic drop moment mm. in the, in the dressing room as well. And obviously as Sunday went on that all got a little bit louder until Sunday night it was about quarter past nine, something like that. Um, he's gone, but yeah, um, yeah I think I think it's a man that going back a couple of weeks began to know that the end
0: game the end game was coming mm, mm and the irony of course is as as we said earlier he goes off the back of of a couple of really good performances that have put town properly yeah. as he was so fond of saying right back in the mix um, yeah
1: he might just have built the momentum that takes them to where they want to go and that somebody else is able to jump on and and take and take it to which where they need to go, and um, yeah, how much, how much of an influence, uh, maybe a change in attitude and a change in focus of Paul Lambert over the last few weeks, allowed those results to happen. I, d- I don't know, um, mm. but but something changed in mm. that time. The style mm. of football certainly changed, um, but yeah, it may just be. If you look back in a couple of months, and those six points against Hull and Doncaster made.
0: Made the difference. <laughs> yeah, would he yeah, still, would he still a... get if Town do go up? Will he still get a medal? That's that's the, that's the key question. Um, Hutchie, Marcus Evans quotes after he was he was uh, let go last night. Marcus Evans said it was down to a difference of opinion. We know there was that meeting last week. We know there were angry heated words exchanged at said meeting. Despite Lambert on Friday laughing off and saying it it wasn't interesting. And then you spoke to Lee O'Neill, um this afternoon as well. What um, what did you make of what of what Marcus said and, and what Lee said this afternoon? <laughs>
1: Lee Lee was the diplomat this afternoon. He um he thanked Paul for everything that that he had done, um but you didn't have to read too far between the lines with Lee to, to to kind of see that they just didn't think they didn't think it was good enough. They we're going to talk about the takeover a bit more potential takeover in a minute. I'm sure, but Lee was very quick to stress that he was asked a number of times about this that this departure had been on the cards for some time anyway um whether or not you fully believe believe that i don't know um but yeah i think i think there's a part of lee that was sad that it ended up this way cuz it's the first the first manager he's really worked with in in this role but i think you you could tell from from what Lee was saying, that that he he and Marcus just believed that that it was the end of the road, and that and that the
0: change needed to happen. Mm. There's a line that stood out for me. He did he did he did his little cough there. I hope that's got it. Um, he did his best with the players that he had, which uh, I'm not sure I entirely agree with. Because <laughs> if he had done the best with the players that he had, he wouldn't he would still be in a job, um, and Town would be much higher up the up the table. Um, so there you go. Lambert's gone, Hutchie. We closed that door. Um, we've been calling for it for a while, and it's happened. Um, Town are actually in a, in a decent position as he departs. And the big question, obviously, then is who comes in? And as usual, as it seems with Town, that is already a prohibitive favourite. Paul Cook, um, formerly of Wigan, won hell of a CV. Won, he's won League Two titles with Portsmouth um, and Chesterfield, and he then he won League One with Wigan as well. So he has... He's been successful pretty much everywhere he's been. He's managed in Ireland as well, which obviously is always a tick for Fritzwich Town. Um, a scouser, played in the Premier League. Has played for big clubs and at the highest level, Hutchie. So what can you tell us about Paul Cook? How close are we to to that happening? Is it going to happen? Uh, and what do you make of him as, as a as a successor?
1: I think it will happen. Um, this is Monday evening here. It's not going to happen, I don't think, in, in time for the Accrington game. Um he certainly isn't going to be in charge of that game. Um, Matt Gillen, Brian Klug, leading the team there. Um, in terms of out of work managers, he, he's the one that, in terms of the CV, jumps off the page. Um, like you say, there he's got the got the league titles. We know that Marcus Evans really like cherishes those promotions. He. He likes managers with promotions and CVs, and Paul Cook's got got one of those, and he's obviously got a very good championship season on his CV. Very recently with Wigan, albeit that that season got ruined by their points deduction due to their financial issues. Um, so so to that extent, he's he's kind of the, the top ranking free agent. There are other managers in there that I would I'd, I'd have been happy with for for Ipswich, particularly the Cowleys. I think they would have they would have been a good fit for the club, but I don't think you can argue with Paul Cook. He's turned he's turned down some short term Championship jobs. He he wants that long term st- stability, and there's an there's a a relationship with Marcus Evans through associates that that goes back quite some time. Um, they're very well aware of each other. Mm. Discussions have been had before um, regarding regarding the management and things like that. So i'm not surprised in the slightest that this looks like it's going to happen not over the line yet but every indication is that it will because i had a conversation two years ago um with somebody who very well informed within the game um very much has the finger on the pulse with things and two years ago i was told uh, just to mark your card the next manager of I- Ipswich town would be Paul Cook and that was two years ago so it's not it's not a surprise um it's surprising that it's happened with this backdrop of all the all the talk of stars and stripes and potential takeovers and the labyrinth of of information that's there um but it doesn't surprise me that Marcus Evans is 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 going to a point it looks like Paul Cook because. Because I think that's uh, something
0: that's going to happen. Mm. And as uh, you say, in terms of people who are out there that are in realistically in towns' um, realm, that it, it, he's right at the top, isn't he? What um, What can you say about Paul Cook as a manager, Hutchie? I haven't I haven't spoken about this um, off camera, so I'm hoping you can say something. But do you know what kind of manager he is? What you know, what kind of football he plays? Yeah, um, I think he's the kind of manager that could could slot
1: straight in to what Ipswich Town are doing at the moment particularly what what they did. If you look at if you look at their their victory at Hull a week ago, that's Paul Cook football. Mm. Um, he lines up um with a similar system to what Ipswich have been playing, a four two four two, three, one, a good solid back four. He likes attacking full backs. He's had Nathan Byrne before at at Wigan, who's a very similar player to Kane Vincent Young, who Hopefully one day we'll be flying up, which is right flank. He likes two deeper midfielders. Then he likes a three and then he likes a striker. And he's not, he plays good football. It's not, I wouldn't say it's, that. if we're talking Marcus Evans technical football here, which, which we have seen a lot of over the last six months, kind of balls slowly knocked around and building from the back and things like that. It, it's not quite that. But it's good football. It's attacking football. Um, I think everybody that's watched his teams over the years. I've spoken to people who who watched him in the Chesterfield days. I know people that that covered him in the Portsmouth Times and the Wigan Times as well. Clearly, clearly had some really big times with with Wigan and has had promotions with all of these teams. That they've all enjoyed their football, mm. the football that his sides have played. And I think it could be kind of a similar, a similar style to what we've seen over the last the last couple of games, there's a lot, I look through the Ipswich squad and there are a lot of players in there with some similarities to, to similar players that he's had at other, at other clubs. So, mm. and that's the most promising thing for me for this season that I think Paul Cook could go in there and hit the ground, hit the ground running if it is him um, that does ultimately get this job because I think it's set up for him.
0: Mm. The table is set nicely, isn't it? With yep. the position that Town are in, we've been saying for a long time that um, you have to win your games in hand and all that kind of stuff. But now they have actually got a platform from which to build. Three good results in a row, um, clearly beating two top six sides the last two games. Um, with still that squad there, you feel like if he does come in and 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 hit the floor running, as it were, um, it, it could it could turn. I'm not cool. saying it yeah. turn, but it it could. It, you feel like the momentum could could take off, yeah. quickly, only with the, with the new manager bounce and everything. Yeah, definitely.
1: I've pretty much nailed on every, every person I've spoken to throughout the course of today um, within the game regarding the manager and what's happening here at Ipswich. Pretty much every single one of them has has backed Ipswich to, to make the playoffs, like, unanimously. Just, mm. I, They all think Ipswich under Paul Cook will be a, a team in the playoffs. And crucially, not just a team in the playoffs, a team that can get through the playoffs and and get them, get them one. So I think there's quite a, there's quite a, there's a lot of reasons if this gets done and it's fully expected to get done. um, There's a lot of reasons to be positive, cautiously positive about it. They could even be in the playoffs by the time they take over, by the time the new manager takes over, depending on what happens at Accrington. So that, which was which would be absolutely mad for for that to be the scenario. But um, yeah, there's it's not done yet,
0: but there's there's reason there's reason to be really optimistic about it. I think I've just realised how this is all going to end. Actually, we've talked about this being a soap opera season. What would be more dramatic than Ipswich Town winning promotion at Wembley, forty years to the day, or well, not to the day, but to the to the year that um, they won the UEFA Cup, twenty years to the year that they finished um, fifth in the Premier League. And also, with everything that's gone on this season, all the coronavirus, all the Lambert stuff, or everything else that's gone on, potentially take over, Town are going to win at Wembley in dramatic fashion. Aaron Drynan's going to score the winner. <laughs> I'm, I'm calling I'm it now, 95th minute, 95th minute header. Um, and it's Come for absolutely- the man. Absolutely, it's going to be absolute scenes because, of course, there will be fans at Wembley by then. It's going to be the the greatest end, <laughs> the craziest season that we've seen in a long time. Um, so I'll put it in that on record now. It's five thirty. What's the date? Monday, the first of March. Ipswich Town. I'm saying Mark Heath saying Ipswich Town are going to win promotion in the playoff final. Aaron Dryden to score the winner. We shall see what an end to a season that would be. Um, Hutchie, we have to talk, of course, as well. Aside from Paul Cook, um, there's the other major story, which would have been the way this this podcast would have started, um, had what happened last night not happened. I was all set to unveil my American accent and start talking about the Ipswich Broncos in the intro. Um, story broke on Friday. It's been rumoured for a while. We've talked about it on here, uh, but the Athletic went pretty strong with it. So obviously confident. Um, town in the midst of a takeover. Brett Johnson, BJ to his mates, um, leading it. Uh, it was, again, obviously a name that's been out there rumoured. Um and it's going to cost $17.5 million. And Marcus is going to write off all the debts. Um, now, obviously frustrating that, that the Athletic got there before us. You've obviously been digging, you and Stewie. Um, and it's, as ever with these kind of things, it's very, very hard to to get any kind of credible information, to be confident enough to, to run a story. All knew the rumours are out there. Uh, and you have to speculate, given the Athletic are based in America, as is Brett just down the road. Um, Athletic are San Francisco, and um, Brett's in Los Angeles. That maybe it's come from... The American side of things there with the Athletic, um, but takeover actually. What can what can we say about that? Because obviously a lot of fans are extremely excited. They're excited that Cook is coming in, potentially Lambert's gone, and next up there's going to be some big bucks American takeover. Town are going to go trotting up the table into the Premier League on that pretty dollar. Um, what can you say? What, what, what do we know? What's the latest? Like you said, it's, it's
1: it's proven really difficult for us to get to get anywhere with with any with anything new with anything concrete to the level that we're we're happy to report it. But it's come from a very, a very credible journalist um, at The Athletic, Matt Slater, who who is very well connected. Um, so I'm absolutely not going to sit here and say. That it's not true, because that will be an incredibly well sourced, well researched um, story. Um, there's some interesting parts to it. Obviously, the fact it's, it's American is, a, is an interesting side of things. That's that's the kind of the latest kind of money route into English and European football from from Americans. There's there's obviously some English uh, influence in there as well. With with Mark Ashton, who's the current CEO at Bristol City, he's got track record with West Brom, Watford, and um, and Oxford as well. Uh, a man called Michael Leary, who is also on the board of Oxford um and other links to clubs around the world um notably, notably brett johnson who who's the kind of the impression is that he's the spearhead of this he he's a man that's he's kind of the head of two groups one called the fortuitous partners another one called benevolent capital which um which are, are his his main businesses but he's got a lot of business interests a very well educated man but part of that is also a, a stake in a danish club called fc helsingor who um, have made good strides under him. There's other links there to another. There's other American ownership in that Danish Danish club, who in turn has links. I think he's got small stake in um, in Swansea and another in Dundalk. But the main the main club this is all linked to is, is Phoenix Rising, who play in uh, the second tier of, of US football, um, and there are another club that have made really good strides under both Bretts overseeing another man called Bake. Backe. Um, it's a club that's growing. They're also, Brett Johnson also involved in, a, in another club that's being set up um, in Rhode Island. Both of them are ultimately going to have designs on the MLS, which the MLS, while clearly a, a lower sort of pedigree of football than, than English, English football, European football, um, the finances involved are vastly different i think the late the more recent as you, as you know Mark, like american sports franchises don't change hands very often but the more, the more recent ones that have in mls have been costing 350 million dollars to to kind of change hands of, of mls clubs and, and others outside of it so so for an investor from the united states to see a club like ipswich which is clearly with some issues around it but kind of is is packed ready to go mm. um, and if we're talking about a, a fee of 17 and a half million pounds to marcus evans or, or even more than that the difference in the pricing there is i can see why it would be a, attractive to to american american investors that's that's for sure but like like i say we're, we're finding it difficult to to get anywhere uh, concrete on this story but and there and there have also been people that have pushed back against it when we have when we have Made contact with, with people. There, there's been plenty that have 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 stressed that it's not anywhere near as advanced as as being stated publicly. Leo O'Neill today asked publicly um, by myself and and a couple of other journalists on the on the press conference we had today insisted that there is no offer on the table. Um, again, I don't know. I'm not sure that's something that you take with concrete concrete thought on that one there's there's something going on with it i'm sure but we're just struggling we're struggling to completely stand stand it up at the moment but there, there are elements of this that that excite me and others that that worry me
0: yeah i mean in regards to what lee said today and what marcus has said as well about their um him not being actively looking to sell the club not actually, obviously denying not denying that um there's anything afoot but the the, the very Nature of these kind of big money business negotiations is that they are done behind closed doors. You're not, not going. He's not going to come out. Leo Neil was never going to come out today and say, "Oh yeah, Marcus is selling the club. This is the price." You know, it's all going to be done. That's never going to happen. So it, there's limits to what what these people can say. But for me, what's most interesting, actually, like you say, is wherever this guy Brett Johnson's been involved, has been successful, and that's something I think for for town fans to to look at. And clearly. Um, American American soccer, not I was going to say American football. Um, American soccer is is a different thing entirely to success over here, and also at your level of uh, Helsingor was that how you say it? Helsingor, <laughs> yeah. So again, lower lower league European um, compared yeah. to being successful in England, I think is a whole different level of challenge. And um, but but something that he seems to have been well steeped in, Brett uh, Brett Johnson. Um, yeah. With football clubs across across the world, um, so we shall see. Um, yeah,
1: I've, I've actually I've spoken to a, a a player who has previously played for Phoenix over there, um, and he had nothing but good things to say about about Brett as a man. Mm. Um, whether whether Brett really is the the main man of this, we we still don't know. He's certainly involved, but um, really good things to say. Enthusiasm. He's involved. Um, the thing I like about it being American investors is that American sport is kind of built on sustainability, isn't it? It's all all about shared revenue. It's about about clubs kind of collaborating with, with things like that. It's a, it's about um, salary caps. I'm not saying we need a salary cap suddenly slapped in again. I don't know if I could go through that again, <laughs> but it's not about American sport isn't about kind of Get rich quick? Is it? It's not about going in, splashing the cash, and flaming out. It's about um, about being sustainable and having equal playing fields in leagues. Um, and clearly, they're a part of that in the second tier of US football, and would be if they went into the MLS as well. Um, so that there are other parts to the sort of things that they've done at these at these clubs and with other businesses as well in terms of development around clubs. I think if you look at where Phoenix play their games as a lot of development around the ground um, and things like that some f- philanthropy. Mm. Um, so without knowing these people and without, without knowing them inside out or, or being sure of their motives, if this was something that was in the pipeline, they strike me they strike me as a, re- as a responsible group which which is something that's clearly important to Marcus Evans because he's stressed many, many times that he would only be willing to sell Ipswich Town if it was to a, a party who are willing to not just invest in the club, but invest in the club over a prolonged period of time. Um, he's turned down offers from from plenty in the past, I believe, that he just did not see as credible, who thought would come in and kind of have a go one year, boom, bust, that kind mm. of thing. So. Um, yeah it, without being able to hugely go into detail about it it is something that that feel that feels like something that could be positive for for it which i don't know what you what feeling you get from it but yeah 100% it's, 100% it's 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 a yeah it's something that i could see being a positive thing both for the the town and for the football club mm
0: You said earlier, though, there's elements that worry you. Is there anything specific that that worries you about?
1: Um, Just it. I I worry. I don't know. If you just think back 13 years, 14 years to when Marcus Evans took over, obviously back then it was all about the the good times are coming um, and it didn't happen. Uh, If there's there's lots of things you can criticize Marcus for in terms of decision making. personnel that he's had in there and things like that one thing you cannot level at him is, is risking the future of the club um many many people have, have, have stressed time and time again that Ipswich Town would never go out of business under Marcus Evans which is I, I know that's kind of quite a low bar in terms of sporting success that's that but but in terms of ownership you've just seen with other clubs how how worrying that can be and that that's something that's never been there with Marcus particularly at this time through through coronavirus and and things like that massive losses um tough times no doubt but you you never you never thought that there'd be a, a risk of, of Ipswich town not being there anymore and while i don't look at at this group and and think that in any way whatsoever of this american group that's just always a risk isn't it of a change of ownership. There's always, and it's know this very well, about uh, be be careful what you wish for, better the devil you know, kind of thing. So that's, that would always be a worry if, if I saw my football club changing hands. And I think it's a responsible thing to do, to worry about that and not just open, not just blindly look at it and think, ah uh, yeah, someone knew it's going to be great. Um, but saying all that, there are lots of things that I look at in the individuals and and the group as a whole involved that, that make me feel that make me feel
0: good about it. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I think you look at the success, particularly that that Brett's had with everything he's touched. Really, football wise, um, that's got to be an encouraging thing. Uh, and and we'll see. Also, he's mates with Didier Drogba, um, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know how old Didier Drogba is now, but I reckon he can still do a job in League One. Basically, a poor man's James Norwood, isn't he, Didier Drogba? Um, Needs so- a hair transplant now. Dugba. Yeah. Get a and of yeah. course from a selfish point of view Hutchie Americans come in take over that is inevitably then going to lead to a preseason tour of America um, which the boys obviously need to go on um, the KOA posse would be out there would go with the KOA army maybe little jolly boys trip I, I, I'd take I'd take the Danish tour if I'm completely honest i I'll
1: yeah. take, take it all I think somebody needs to go to each of these of these other clubs that are involved here just to do a kind of who who are Phoenix Rising?
0: I've been I've been to go Phoenix, on. mate. So um, I, we could go maybe five together. I'll show you the sights. Um, Let's
1: go uh, between the months of late October and May because we yeah. might catch <laughs> we might catch some basketball before
0: <laughs> before the Suns are out of the uh, out of the playoffs. Yeah, I went in November, mate. It was incredibly hot, um, and I got to see the, the Suns play a few times. I got to see Shaq in his heyday mess around and get, I think he had 38 and 20 in that game. Also Kobe. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm digressing. I'm digressing. Back to football, back to soccer. Um, And Ipswich Town, We, with all this going on, Hutchie, Ipswich Town Um, are still playing football tomorrow night. They're in this mad run of games, Um, back-to-back, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. And they're, what you need now, after such a relaxing uh, weekend and, and day-to-day, is a trip to Accrington tomorrow, Hutchie, you and Stewie. Um never ever won at the Wham Stadium, a side they've struggled against. <sighs> um, what do you reckon? What it's got go, again, it's a chance to beat another promotion rival. Um, they're on a roll. There's you know imagine there's a bit of a a bounce perhaps about the club now with um with everything that's going on in the background. Certainly the the, the players are, are playing well. What how are you feeling about your trip to Accrington tomorrow?
1: It's probably the most enthusiastic I've been about about <laughs> our trips to Accrington so far. Um I think you have to you have to go into it. There's a there's a new kind of found confidence, isn't there? And it, that's not just because Paul Lambert's gone. It is based on the games leading into it. Um, maybe this is the start of the new manager bounce. It could the, the the possibility that this game offers. It's kind of like a gateway to to something better, isn't it? It's just yeah. You have to. It's just a shame that there'll be no fans there for the start of of this new of this I I'm not gonna say new era. I've <laughs> been there gonna, before. Yeah, I'm not gonna put a hashtag on it. But um yeah it's exciting. it's it's exciting. Um mm-hmm. I think there's every chance they could they could win again. Um so yeah, it's <laughs> it's, it's definitely the most aside from being at I'm a bit tired, <laughs> but other than that,
0: um quite enthusiastic about a trip to Accrington. Some words that, that haven't been said that often before, I'd imagine, in the history of right. my um But yeah, like you say, the players are, are playing really to impress whoever comes in, aren't they, as well? As well as, you know, the, the chance to, to move further up the table. They are playing to impress a new guy, which is always a good motivating factor. We should talk a little bit, I suppose, um, starting at the end, if you like, with with the win over Doncaster. Um, I, I saw you write the words, Alan Judge might be Ipswich Town's best player of 2021. He scored an absolute belter of a goal. At the weekend, um, just just quickly let's let's touch on Doncaster. Another good win. Um, mm-hmm. It was, it was a, another sort of fighting performance. What, what are your observations from from the win over Donny?
1: Not uh, it's not quite to the level of the win at Hull. I think I think there were some legs in there. I think Doncaster had fresh. Their legs were a little that little bit more fresh. I think Ipswich were a little more weary. They were unchanged. I'd be surprised if they're unchanged again. Uh, Tuesday on Tuesday night, but is a continuation of that style of football and, and to take the lead with a goal like that from Judge just kind of set the tone really. Um, second one a lot more scrappy, but exactly the kind of goals that you want James Norwood to be scoring. Getting him scoring goals is massive. Uh, I think he's a kind of striker that Paul Cook or or any manager coming in would would really enjoy. Um, so yeah it's just just con- continuing along they noticeable how little possession i think best part of 3 quarters of the possession went to Doncaster but you don't have to you don't have to dominate possession possession to win games and yeah there were, there were a few nerves between the two of us you and i with once once um John Taylor had got one back for Doncaster we st- we started thinking oh no it just felt like the equaliser was coming, maybe because of battle scars from from so many games past. Where that equaliser does eventually come, but they they saw it out and um, yeah, got the got the job done. Little did we know that the whole the whole Ipswich Town world was
0: going to change like within thirty six hours of full time. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? That was only on Saturday. So much has changed yeah. since then. Um, so you, you obviously they're on change again on Saturday. You, you, you don't think they'll go another game on change? You see Flynn no, down and like that coming? Yeah, in. I think Flynn. I think Flynn may be one that goes that goes into the
1: side. Um, Teddy Bishop played really well at the weekend. Uh, a proper sort of well rounded midfield performance of of some decent stuff on the ball, but perhaps even better off the ball. Um, if he can play again, great. I think maybe Andre could. Dazelle there could maybe do with a little rest, but I think I think Flynn will could well come into that side. Um, I don't think they're going to go mad with the changes. Maybe Greal and Edwards might be one, perhaps for for Keen and Bennett, who's kind of been thrust back into a starting lineup, having not played since the middle of December. Crucially, they managed to get James Norwood off the pitch a little bit earlier. Um, this this time at the weekend. That's exactly what I said on the pod last week, wasn't it? Get get into a winning position. Get Preston. him off the field. Yeah, yeah. Um, and more minutes in the legs for your, your man Drizzy, warming up for his Wembley moment as well. <laughs> so hopefully Norwood's good to go again. Um, but I can't I can't see them making too many too many changes. Um, so yeah, I, I feel relatively confident about it.
0: Yeah, you can't not the way they're playing at the moment and yeah.
1: everything else going on.
0: We go again. Um, I've just realised, of course, when you, you mentioned Drizzy scoring at Wembley, I, I've just realised who's going to provide the ball as well, Hutchie. It's going to be KVY, isn't it? <laughs> Do you reckon? It's going to cross it in, absolutely. Drizzy meets it, leaps like a salmon, scenes, Ipswich Town are in the, back in the Championship. That's the way this is all going to end. It's got to, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Anything else to talk about, Hutchie? We've covered a lot of ground. Um, it has been shorter than normal. Obviously, there's just the two of us. A throwback to the the summer the summer tapes. Roscoe uh, is busy working on a video um, looking at what Paul Cook will bring to its town to so keep an eye out for that. He's been talking to to Pompey and and Wigan folks. Um, some interesting stuff coming out there. So look out for that when that goes live. Um, much else to talk about, Hutchie? Any other business? Well, i tell you what we need to talk about, obviously, is where you and Stuart are staying tomorrow night, where you're going to have your romantic... Um, Ipswich Town chat over a hot chocolate tomorrow after the after the latest win.
1: M sixty two premier Inn, Rochdale. Nice. Yeah, solid, solid, absolutely solid. Sue doesn't know that yet. Um, (laughs) I've booked. I've booked the hotel. uh, Probably might. There's every chance he's not going to listen this far into the podcast. So Sue, we know uh...
0: he doesn't listen anyway. So we yeah.
1: So there's every chance I might just tell him that I haven't booked anywhere and that he's he's gonna have to drive back. <laughs> <him I> to, <laughs> just to wind him up. But he'd love um, that. Yeah, he would. Yeah, he'd absolutely love it. Um we're gonna talk about these topics again, aren't we? Um there's gonna be a lot more. So yeah, we've 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 tried to cover it all in in forty minutes here, haven't we? But there's an awful lot more to say on, on each of the subjects. Maybe maybe not Paul Lambert, I don't I don't know if we necessarily need to deep dive back into Paul Lambert again, but yeah, I think I think some of the things we've talked about today are to be talked about in in greater depth down the line over the next few weeks.
0: Potentially Wednesday or Thursday, Hutchie,
1: new man in charge. Potentially, yeah, um,
0: yeah. I, I, I would
1: I would be surprised. It's it's Matt Gill and um, Brian Clug in charge for this game, Jimmy Walker as well. Leonille, interesting. I did ask O'Neill today actually about those two. Um and there's every chance that they they stick around for um for the foreseeable and that uh, kind of being part of the structure of of the club with with whoever does come in. If Paul Cook does come in, I'm I'm led to believe there's there's two former Ipswich players that could potentially come in as part of his staff, Gary Roberts being one who who basically played for Cook for the best part of a decade through Chesterfield, um, Portsmouth and then Wigan and then Noel Hunt as well who played for him at the latter two and has been the assistant manager of um, of Swindon until fairly recently so there's every chance one of those two may, may follow Paul Cook if and when that gets done. His regular assistant Liam Richardson is still the manager of Wigan who kind of caretaker role after Paul Cook left there so in the short term at least Um, it could well be that the new man just comes in with with one of his own men um, to work with a well-regarded coach in Matt Gill and a a certainly well-regarded goalkeeping coach in in Jimmy Walker. So,
0: um, yeah, there was some other business. There you go. There you go. go. (laughs) Well, there you go then. That's uh, just over 40 minutes of Ipswich Town chat. Um, Not really enough. Time to cover all the ground that we have done. Um, We we really want to put something out today though, obviously, um, even though we're short on numbers and and Hutchie and and Mike, were very, very busy. So hopefully this has given you something to hang your hat on and listen to. Um, What an exciting season this is turning out to be. What an interesting season it's turning out to be. Who knows what could happen next? Well, apart from Paul Cook coming in, of course. That's likely to happen next. We shall see. We'll take our leave now. It's now coming up to 6pm Monday night. I hope you have a good rest of Monday for listening to this tonight or or even tomorrow morning. And let's see what happens with Town Accrington. Who knows? But it's certainly never dull at the moment, covering Ipswich Town and being an Ipswich Town fan. Um, Thank you once again for listening. Please follow us across all the social medias, Kings of Anglia on uh, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube and Facebook. We're not on TikTok and probably never will be uh <laughs> and also TikTok's leave, not
1: for us mark it's not, it's we're not, not for t- us
0: no we're not tiktokers um and leave us a five star review on itunes as well because that helps massively with visibility in the charts and also means that more people will be exposed to the kings of anglia and we can add to the koa the koa army moving forward on it's inevitable climb to the premier league and uh, celebration at the white house <laughs> Um, <laughs> what we need to do, Hutchie, what we should have done, what we should have done is is, is started with some EastEnders music or, or ended with some EastEnders music because that has been the soap opera style of the season. So after this, obviously, it's the club KOA style, but imagine some some EastEnders music perhaps because it's the end of an episode. There's a lot going on. Alfie's still with Kat. Ian Beale's still in EastEnders. Dot Cotton's dead, I think. I'm not sure. But there's a new man coming in Ipswich Town. Paul Lambert has gone. And there may be some American money coming in as well. Du-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. da da we will speak to you next. From time. true crime to football, Brexit to football. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com channel slash Archon.